0: This is Impact, the daily look at how we are coping with the coronavirus in Nevada. I'm Carrie Kaufman. Impact is a nightly half-hour show produced by the Nevada Voice and KUNV with CCSD parents and no racism in schools. We want to hear what you're doing in these unprecedented times. I'm joined today by Andrea strom Cole. Andrea is one of the three administrators of the CCSD Parents Facebook group page. And later on, we're going to be talking to Hugh Jackson, the editor of the Nevada Current, about the fast-moving news cycle and what they're reporting on this weekend. But first...
1: Well, what do you know? Lockdown is my specialty.
0: So what do you know? Uh, I want to highlight uh, some of the things that we're seeing in the news these days, and I want to bring Andrea in. Uh, Andrea, welcome by phone to the program. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So I want to talk about this uh, really cool New York Times interactive I saw uh, that shows uh, what will happen If uh, we take no measures as a country uh, with the coronavirus, if if we take some control measures and if we take severe control measures and severe control measures pretty much means lockdown. Uh, This comes from Columbia University uh, and The New York Times and uh, and the. The even the sum control measures have us uh, at have Las Vegas have Clark County uh, at more than fifty percent of people getting the coronavirus. Uh, so this just kind of like brought home to me today how really uh, problematic this is and how seriously we have to take it. Have have you been been talking to people who are who are still in the Uh, hey, um, this is nothing, Case. You you know, this is nothing. I'm still going to go to work. We're still going to keep our businesses open. Have you been hearing that, or do you think that people are taking this more seriously?
2: I've been hearing it less and less, Mm -hmm. which is very, very comforting. Um, I think that in the beginning, you know, late last week, people were still saying, hey, I'm just going to live my life. I'm not scared. And I think as more and more news is coming out about this, people are taking it more seriously and, and that's good.
0: That's going to keep people safe. I think. I think so. Now, CCSD teachers are expected to work. This is this is kind of a big deal today. Uh, every day we get something new. You are uh, one of the administrators of the parent group page uh, on Facebook. Uh, CCSD teacher, teachers are. Um, expected to work by the state we talked to felicia ortiz a little bit yesterday about this Uh, they're expected to work by by the state CCSD has put something out today saying um, you must sign in and sign out each day of work and teachers are like wait a second I thought we were just getting paid. I didn't realize we were, we we had to sign in and sign out. I'm I, I'm certainly not not going to get in touch with every single one of my students and and I'm taking care of my family too. Uh, and and CCSD mm-hmm. has been sending the messages saying you're good. We're, we're we're good. And then suddenly they send them a different message. Uh what's going on with that? Do you know anything about this? Um what I think I'm seeing happening is
2: there's a breakdown of communication between all the different levels in the district. So um, obviously, like, the communication starts at the top with uh, Dr. Jara, the CCSD superintendent, and then it goes to area superintendents and then to principals, then teachers, and then parents. So what I'm seeing happening um, is principals, it sounds like, are getting different instructions, slightly different instructions from their area superintendents. And then they're giving their teachers slightly different instructions who are doing slightly different things with parents. And because of all these little differences going down the chain, I think that the parents are talking now and saying, well, my kid's teacher did this. Mm. Well, I haven't heard from my kid's teacher at all. And there's just a lot of confusion right now as to what's going on. And. It really, in my opinion, needs to come from the top. I think that um, Jara needs to make it clear to his area and superintendents what's expected. And then that needs to just be passed down the line. I received an email today from my son's school, and he said the teachers miss our students greatly. They really want to reach out to the kids. I mean... Teachers are definitely missing their kids. They want to reach out to their students, right? right? But because they're all doing it in a different way, it's creating a lot of confusion. Some people are... Pouring themselves into work and being with their students and assigning them things is actually helping them cope. And mm-hmm. that's what their comfort level is. And then others are just trying to get through this like the rest of us, right?
0: We're, yeah, well, so, you know, we're here on the radio, doing a radio show. Uh, that's how we're coping, by helping the community. Uh, I want to talk exactly. to you about something else to help the community. Uh, there was something put out today about homemade masks, about actually making masks and taking them to hospitals. Uh, Forbes reported on this, and uh, you've talked to some people who work at hospitals. This is a real thing. They, They actually want people to make masks and bring them so that hospital personnel can use them because we're running out of masks.
2: It is. So apparently the supply of masks has slowed down, and they're going through them at such a fast rate right now. Now, I'm getting conflicting reports from different nurses that I'm talking to. Some nurses, I'll give you a couple examples. So there's one nurse that I spoke to. She works at Henderson Hospital, and she said that they're not allowed to wear the homemade masks now, but she's anticipating that when it comes down to them really needing them, that they're going to want them. Um, Okay. I had one worth say, I'm absolutely not working without one. And then I had another girl say, hey, my husband is a physician at UMC. We're looking for masks. I want to buy the masks. He and his fellows need them. Mm. So um, I'm hearing from somebody at Centennial Hills Hospital that they are running really low and that they have a drop-off center at the screening tent outside of the emergency department and are asking people to make these and drop them off. So I think... Similar to the school district, there's a little bit of um variation between hospitals and between expectations. And, um yeah, I think people should continue to make them. I think they're going to need them.
0: And you do have a link to this on the Parents Group Facebook page, right?
2: We do. We okay. have a link to the mask. Now, there's um all sorts of different, I don't know what you call it, like a recipe? I'm not, I don't sew. I don't right. know. <laughs> right.
0: um, a pattern. It's a pattern. Masks,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> a pattern. Yes. Yes. So, like, the post that we put um, on there that's been going around locally is saying that you can use an antimicrobial pillowcase, that you can use a vacuum bag. Um, Vacuum cleaner bag? I know. Yeah.
0: Well, that's fascinating. Okay. Like a HEPA filter. Okay.
2: And then I guess. For the fabric masks that some people are wearing, um, doctors have said that they can put a charcoal liner in those to make Uh them effective. They just actually need the physical mask, and they can put the liner in themselves.
0: Okay. You are listening to Impact, which is a nightly show on KUNV. We're looking at the social, educational, and economic impact of the coronavirus in Nevada. We we are talking to Andrea Cole, who has just told us about... uh, Helping uh, physicians and helping hospital workers by making masks. Now we're going to go to the interview. We're going to be talking today to Hugh Jackson. He's the editor of the Nevada Current. Uh, Journalists are pretty busy these days just trying to keep up on what the news is from hour to hour, minute to minute. The Nevada Current is an online uh, journalism source, and you can get it at NevadaCurrent.com. Hugh, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gary. Okay, so um, you're working today, I think, on Sis- on Governor Sisalak's announcement about uh, businesses. Uh, talk to me about what's going on there.
1: Well, when he announced that he was going to close non-essential gambling establishments, and that was what the focus was on was casinos a couple of days ago, and he did, uh, or I guess it was Tuesday, rather, yeah. and uh, he did, of course, uh, put out an official order about casinos, but That executive order only applied to casinos, and so a lot of people were wondering, well, what about these other so-called non-essential businesses, the restaurants, the gyms, the bars, that sort of thing. Um, In their interim, Mayor Carolyn Goodman came out and uh, got some headlines by suggesting that, oh, this is all horribly wrong. We should only shut things down for a week or two, certainly not until April 16th, not for the 30 days that Sisolak had said. This is horrible. This is terrible. And meanwhile then, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department put out a statement yesterday saying basically, quit calling us and telling us about all these non-essential businesses that are still open and telling us to go and shut them down or arrest them or whatever because we don't have an executive order to do that. We don't uh. really have the legal authority to do that. And so mm-hmm. act today came out and clarified all of this and said, okay, basically, here, it's no longer should shut your doors, it must, and he issued the directive order to go to those, uh, again, non-essential businesses that we've all heard about, the bars, the gyms, and things like that, okay, but so, then you, you guys must shut down.
0: Okay, so here's my question. You, you, the non-essential businesses, um, bars I get, and restaurants I get, but restaurants have been have been doing drive-through and take-out. Uh, what other non-essential businesses have been open?
1: Well, I don't know which ones have been open. I don't know which ones Metro has been getting calls from uh, or calls about from people on the street who are saying, why aren't they closed? I got some personal emails from people asking me, for instance, why wasn't the big furniture discount store closed? Wow. Um, actually, discount stores are considered, uh, you know, know—they—they—they—you they, they, you don't have to shut those down. Those are the kinds of businesses that are allowed to be open. The idea being that, as long as they are open, that social distancing is practiced and that they aren't businesses where you get a bunch of people congregating at once. It's mostly just going after those places where you get a bunch of people congregated in a small place at once.
0: Okay, but I, I, get, the, I get the whole not closing Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that uh, where people need to go. Uh, construction is, hasn't, hasn't been closed down yet. We, got, we still have to build this stadium. And uh, Governor Sisalak is not going to stop that, um, but but you know if I, to go to a furniture store, I, I don't I don't understand why people would be buy, buying furniture I, I, at this time.
1: Well, I don't understand why people buy things when they need to buy them. I'm not going to I'm not going to cast judgment on that, uh, but I also am not sure that that's I'm not sure that. Uh, furniture stores or other types of retail stores that don't have a lot of foot traffic in them, they're not really the focus of this. I mean, in your last segment, you were talking about the numbers and the threat right. of this thing, and, and this is the sort of thing that Sisolak talked about today. I mean, he said, look, the, the the economic gain or the mistaken economic gain was the exact way that he phrased it, that we'd have by cutting this isolation period short um, or waiting one more day, as he put it, to get serious, that that is that is a false uh, promise. Um, we have to act now, and by acting now, we have to focus on the places that he's focusing on. I think, which are these businesses, where and of course the gambling industry, the casinos and the hotels. Right. And we can have the discussion about you know should he be going further? Should they be going farther? Should they be locking down everything? I am not an epidemiological expert. I don't know if that's the case or not. What I'm more concerned about right now, frankly, are the people who are saying, oh, we've gone too far. We've got to stop doing this. Like, well, for instance, Carolyn Goodman, mm-hmm. who saying, oh, no, we've, we've gone too far. We, we survived the flu. Look, we're all still here. That kind of sentiment is a bigger threat than leaving open a furniture store, frankly, at this point in time.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, you are also reporting on issues with Medicaid. I know that uh, Sisolak put out something yesterday uh, about unemployment and, and making it easier to file for unemployment. This also affects Medicaid, right?
1: Well, they are different, they're different programs, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because the reporting on Medicaid is still going on. But with unemployment, there was some uh, a directive, I believe, and you mentioned earlier, these things happen so fast. I think it was
0: yesterday. <laughs> don't hold me to that. <laughs> but, right. I don't remember uh, when they shut down the schools. I think it was Sunday that they shut down the schools. I, and Tuesday yeah, that Cicillac it, it, came back. It's all a blur to me.
1: It has all just happened so fast. But with respect to unemployment, um, he did uh, – the, the state has uh, waived an original seven-day rule that they've had before. And they took one other step, which I'm, I'm sorry that escapes me right now. Um, to try to streamline, well, to streamline the application process effectively. And uh, those are steps that need to be taken. Those are steps that a lot of other states have taken. And so that's good. One question with unemployment, though, that continues to kind of linger out there, and this, it's not just Nevada, but it's the entire 21st century economy has created this classification of employees who aren't really employees mm-hmm. but they are maybe they're driving uber or lyft or maybe they are working in some kind of domestic health situation or something but they are not actually employed and so unemployment insurance unemployment taxes are not being paid and so they're basically working people but that don't get covered by unemployment insurance and there's a whole Half seven folk, some of the folks, you know these folks, everybody knows these folks who do pickup work here in town. Right. Here comes the convention, we're going to go work this convention, we're going to go 10 bar at this event or whatever. And, and it's pickup work, and it's not like full-time employment where the employer is playing into unemployment insurance. And there's so much that has always been such a big part of this economy and increasingly the national economy, and it's even become more exacerbated, I think, since the economic crash where there's just been more and more outsourced Mm -hmm. labor, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so that question with respect to unemployment benefits, a lot of these folks who I think a lot of us would normally think qualify for unemployment, well, maybe they don't. And so then that's a question of what, if anything, the state can do to roll those folks in or somehow extend benefits. That's, that's That's a tough thing for them to figure out. With Medicaid, all I I can tell you now is I know that there are steps in the works, my understanding, to also, similarly, the way they did with unemployment, streamline the application process and perhaps make the eligibility, uh, uh, the timing and type of thing, waive some of that type of stuff, so so as to get more people covered by Medicaid more quickly.
0: Does Medicaid have the ability to ramp up this quickly? Well... I'm not a Medicaid
1: expert but I think that if you can get if you can get people signed up for Medicaid and and into the process then you're dealing with a government program that has been running awfully effectively um, in terms of its administration compared to for instance private sector healthcare delivery Medicaid and Medicare have been running much more efficiently from an administrative standpoint than the private sector so I think if anybody can get those folks up and ramp I guess, I guess that I think that that's. I think the chances are good. Let's put it that way.
0: Okay, uh, one of the other things you've been reporting on is uh, Macau, uh, which a lot a lot of businesses here uh, had have businesses. A lot of casinos here have businesses in Macau. Uh, we've reported on this uh, when, in my previous position. Um, what is what what is Macau doing? And I assume they closed a long time ago. Uh, what are we learning from that? Well. I was super curious about this, and Dana, one of our reporters,
1: was curious about it, and we just kind of wanted to nose around a little bit and just kind of get the basics. Um, we had, Remember, we had reported when Macau, when this first happened, when the virus first emerged, and in China and other Asian countries who were, who were hit by it first, they took actions very quickly, and one of them was Macau, which, of course, is the largest, <clears throat> excuse me, gambling revenue market at least by revenue in the world and so they shut down fairly quickly when they saw things starting to happen they shut down well i believe it was around february 5th or something like that and then they reopened about two weeks later Mm. now they have uh and they are still reopened and they have not 100 percent reopened i believe their table games are up to about 50 percent of them are now operating Um, they don't have near the volume that they had before all of this happened, but I, Macau and Las Vegas are obviously very, very different for a lot of different reasons, they're different markets there's there's visitor volume, in terms of hotel rooms and that type of thing um, much more in the way of day travel or, or, or shorter travel in Macau than what you get in Las Vegas but at the same time I'm looking for I'm looking for signs of hope, <laughs> you know, signs of things that, that happen that, that give some kind of indication that we will get through this at some point. And, and Macau might be a little bit of that. I mean, again, it's different, but they were closed for two weeks. They closed early, they closed hard, and then they opened up two weeks later. And they have had a couple of cases come back in, but it's been from travelers. It hasn't been community spread. Mm. Okay. and. And I think this is the point also that Sislak was trying to make today and that he's tried to make other times that, look, this, yeah, everybody knows this is incredibly hard and everyone hates it and nobody likes it. And uh, so I totally understand why Carolyn Goodman goes down to the city council chambers the other day and says, oh, we, we can't stay closed for 30 days. We, we can only do it for a week or two. I understand her sentiment. Mm-hmm. Everyone would like this to be as short as possible. Mm-hmm. But... The longer that we dither and the less aggressive that we are in confronting this now, then the even more economic pain and, of course, pain and suffering in terms of just people's lives, the harder that's going to be. And so, yeah, this is all horrible. It is anxiety-inducing. Everybody I know, including myself, is very stressed out. Right. I mean it is very freaky times and it's just unimaginable when you think about it that we've shut down basically the core of our economy we have and what the ra- and what the
0: ramifications of that are going to be it is very very difficult to wrap your brain around so I have a question but, here about we cas- we know casinos are closed are hotels still open or are they closed also can people get a my room here my uh, my understanding
1: is you cannot get a new room here and please don't hold me to that my okay. that's my understanding people that were in hotel rooms were allowed to stay there while they basically get their conditions sorted while they get their situation sorted Got it. I have no idea if there are anybody in in uh in hotel rooms now um and then of course in there there are other provisions for uh Hotel rooms that are, for instance, extended stay hotel rooms, those are considered essential. Right. Because um, people live in them. Right. right. And so there are exceptions, and for smaller, um, you know, nightly travel-type things, but in terms of destination resorts, that's what this is aimed at.
0: So um, I have a, one more a question for you here. Um, you you are reporting on a lot of stuff. Um, you're... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing things on social media from other journalists saying, well, how are you guys doing? How are you reporting on this? Uh, how are you being on the air? Uh, is this giving you any comfort to be able to uh, ha- talk with your reporters and do these stories? Uh, does, it, does it give you some purpose here? We and are you all working remote. from home? I'm assuming you're all working from home. Yeah, we went remote Uh
1: almost almost two weeks ago I think it was last so a week ago last Tuesday um and uh and it's been very hard because we typically have a pretty good time in this little newsroom that we've got and it's typically a place where there's a lot of laughing going on and uh so that's been hard but as I mentioned earlier this has been so incredibly hard for everybody I mean everybody in town everybody in the country and in some ways, I think that I have been, and I think everybody in journalism has been working an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, it happens, as I, as I put it in a while back, it's so vast and it's so fast. It's so difficult to keep track of. And so it's overwhelming. And on top of that, you've got all the other anxiety and stress that I was talking about. But at the same time, you know, I have to confess that because I'm working all day. I think in some way it's a godsend. Yeah. Because I'm not I'm not idle. Yeah. And and I do have something that that's occupying me and taking away from it. And then of course, you know, you you go and you have a cocktail and you go to bed and then you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think of is, oh, God,
0: here we are. Here we are you know? in the middle of and a pandemic. Hugh, I'm going to have to, to let it. you go here. Um, I would love to talk to you uh, regularly during this pandemic uh, as, we're, as we're dealing with coronavirus. I follow The Current all the time. You guys are doing great work. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: My God. And now we get to the point in our show where we're talking about silver linings in this. And we're bringing back Andrea Cole. Uh, we're going to talk about things we do with our families during this shutdown. Uh, we just talked to Hugh about the silver linings of working. Uh, I was talking, actually, This, these are the Robertson kids uh, that I play. I, I asked Jenna, Jenna Robertson, who is a parent here and a very active parent in town, uh, to, 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 tape the, her kids, uh, fighting and, and laughing and crying and, um, and send it to me. And one of the things that came out of this, uh, was, was that I didn't play in this clip was one of her kids saying to the other, I'm a better actor than you. And I just thought the whole thing was pretty hilarious. Um, but that's, that's one of the things they do. They act and they're, they're playing together and she's got uh, an amazing group of kids. And, um, uh, there are other people who are baking and, and, and cooking with their with their families. Uh, what are you seeing? There are a lot of resources on the Facebook page, the Parents Facebook page. Uh, what are what are you seeing that people are doing together?
2: There is actually so much to do online. It is it's almost overwhelming. It is. I'm thinking, gosh, if we're home for the next thirty days. I've got it filled. Just going through the learning resources post on CCSD parents, there is everything from you can go to like museums, you can go to the zoo. Lots of the zoos are actually doing animal feedings and tours, and they're having times of day where they do those things. And then they'll offer an activity that you can do at home after you do the animal feeding or tour with Mm. the zookeeper. Disney, Disney, I'm not a huge Disney person. Yeah. Like I've been to Disneyland. It's great, but I'm not huge into it. But the other day I just needed a little escape. I went to Disneyland online <laughs> on my phone. I rode it's a small world. And I wrote a couple other rides and it's obviously, it's not the same thing as actually being there, but somebody has taken you through. They've sat in the front row of the ride and they've taken you through the whole thing. And it's a, it's, that was a nice escape for me for, for those moments. And um, my niece is four years old. She has been teaching herself to draw on YouTube. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. And she, she's going into kindergarten and I keep joking with my sister. This kid is going to be on like a second grade level by the time she goes back to school because she's an only child. She's getting one-on-one attention and she's learning things that I mean she she wouldn't have two hours of drawing instruction during during a typical school day. Okay, so, Okay, so yeah, we're, we're so going to be rewarding. back next week,
0: and I, and I kind of want to talk about that, like how um, kids may be actually getting a better education <laughs> not going to school, because I find that that very interesting. Uh, I want to do my thing. Swing, it's hard. The demon and oh the sorry. Demon bar- Miss the cue, miss the cue. Uh, I want to uh, talk about uh, Broadway that you can Broadway musicals that you can watch online. And what's better than Sweeney Todd when you're cooking, when you're baking with your children? And you know you can't always get ingredients in the store, so that shows you how to be resourceful and get different ingredients. Um, so uh, that is my contribution for the day. Uh, don't bake. Don't bake your children. Bake with your children. That's, that's my thing right here. Um,
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so, everyone just go take a ride at Disneyland. And
0: everyone take a ride at Disneyland. Thank you, Andrea. Yes. And, uh, go <laughs> and go watch Rent. And go watch Rent. Yes, go watch Rent. Uh, yeah, maybe not if your kids are younger, but yeah, go watch Rent. Uh, thank well, you, Andrea Cole, for being with us today. Uh, you have been listening to Impact. Impact is a nightly special that we are running uh, on KUNV and Nevada Voice. Andrea is uh, part of the Parents Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash groups slash CCSD parents. We're going to be on Monday. And uh, we will have more updates about health, about employment and uh, figuring out what the legislature's role is in this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Kerry Kaufman. Thank you for listening to Impact.